everyone, Camille here, and today we have another podcast with Kelly and Kelsey, and today we are going to be unpacking and talking about expectations when it comes to uh, a fitness journey and what that means. We have Kelly's firsthand experience from when she very first started training, and then we have some trainer perspectives here as well. So, Kelly, do you want to get us started with a, a prompt of kind of what is the biggest thing? What started the thought of this podcast? Yeah. What conversation led to the, the start of this podcast? So we were talking about expectations and are they realistic or not? And how do you as a trainer set those realistic expectations with your client? So going back in my own journey, I thought about when I started training with Josh, my first trainer. Um, and it was, I, I vividly remember it was September of 2016 and we met and we talked about you know, he, of course, asked me, like, what are your goals? And I specifically remember thinking and saying, I want to lose 40 pounds by the end of the year, right? Like, like it was, like, totally doable. And it was the end of September. So, really, I had three months to lose 40 pounds. Um, and maybe for some people that would have been realistic. But in my head, I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like, no big deal. Like, I have zero thought of how much work it would take to do, to lose 40 pounds. And I specifically remember him kind of like chuckling, right. And being like, okay, well, let's just start with where we are. Right. (laughs) And having me having zero clue how much work it takes to lose 40 pounds. Cause I'm like, I mean, I, my, my goal was higher than that in the number, but like for the end of the year, I was like, yeah, 40 pounds is easy. And, um, clearly in it, I, you know, you and I were talking, I probably maybe lost 20 pounds, um, in that, maybe in that time frame. Um, and so I think part of the journey is understanding what the expectations are, how realistic are they? Um, and then commensurate with that is the level of work to get to those expectations. Because I think in theory, most people, myself included have expectations that are really high and thinking, okay, I can get there. But the understanding of the work to get there is super low and they're an indirect proportion to each other in our heads. Whereas you've got to flip it to understand that in order to get wherever it is you want to go, you have to put in the work. Right. And I think, and we've talked about this before. I think social media Um, feeds into that a lot because you see before and afters like side by sides. Right. And so it gives everyone this false sense of, Oh, that should be that person did it. And that person did it, but you don't see all the work behind it. Um, And so I think we were talking about like how, especially you as a trainer, how do you set those realistic expectations, especially with people who and one and two how do you work with people who really don't want to do the work, right? Great questions. So is that our starting questions? Yeah. All yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, fantastic. So um, I would say probably the majority of people who would be listening to this um, or just in general, their main uh, goal is weight loss So I or fat loss because there is a difference um, and we won't get into that. But, um, but I'll speak more so to that particular goal. Um, if somebody comes to me and has a significant um, amount of weight to lose, um, 
I have two different camps. One camp will come to me and they are so scared of failure that they will set their expectations too low. And they'll say, oh, I just want to lose 10 pounds or something, which is totally fine. That's a great first goal. But I try and help people see a big picture, right? Like, like I know that you are capable of losing more than that and you need to sit lower than that for a healthy life um, but we need to look at it from a grand perspective um, versus somebody who comes to you kind of like you were saying Kelly and they're like all right 40 pounds three months <laughs> so then I pull the reins back and I say okay it is realistic for you on average to lose about a pound and a half per week which is still good progress, but if we're looking at a 40-pound, you know, swing, um, that's, you know, you're looking at around maybe 30 pounds maximum um, for three months, which is lower than what they were hoping for, and that's if everything goes perfectly, right? right? So um, I, I really try, I think, um, instead of necessarily giving them specific numbers, because we can talk numbers, but more so a perspective, right? Like, this is going to be something that not only is a journey for you, um, which is much longer than we anticipate it to be, um, but this is a lifestyle. So we need to look at it as slow and steady wins the race because I guarantee you that most people have been on five or more fad diets where they have lost 10 to 20 pounds really quickly, but then they gain it back right away. And why is that? That's because it's done too quickly and it's done without the mentality that this has to be a long-term change. Um, so that's really the big uh, starting point is, are you willing to take the journey versus it just being um, a quick fix for you and then you expect everything to go back to normal where that's not going to be the case and you're not going to be able to sustain that for a long period of time. And I think one way to like put a, a number to how fast you want to go basically, that that's a conversation that you want to have because it's very different if you're a bodybuilder and I, I don't want to make the majority of that about that. Um, but if, if someone comes to me and they need to lose a specific amount of weight in a very short amount of time, then I expect that they're, they should be willing to turn, basically turn their life inside out and upside down. And it should come before their family, before their work, before everything else in their life. If you committed to that grandeur of size of a goal, or like that's where you're placing it in your priorities. So I think a lot of it does come down to where does this sit in your priorities? Because if you are like, yes, I want the fastest path possible, even if it's the fastest, healthiest path, uh, path for me it's still going to take time but the level of dedication and things that you're going to need to change about your lifestyle is going to be far more significant versus if you come to me and say listen I have 40 pounds that I want to lose but I'm just not ready to flip my life upside down I still have things that you know I want to maintain about my lifestyle I want to have this be less of a knee-jerk reaction I want to lose half a pound a week then you have more, your timeline is just bigger. If you understand it's going to be okay, instead of it taking 20 weeks to lose 40 pounds, which would be at the fastest rate, I would feel comfortable with almost anybody losing, um, or even the 30 weeks. Now it's going to take us 80 weeks, but you will have, we'll have a slower amount of time to kind of pull that weight off and adjust your lifestyle around to it. I think having people understand like, how much is this going to shock my lifestyle and being 
comfortable with accepting how if I wanted to go faster and press the gas pedal harder, well, that comes at a cost. And that's going to have to come in the form of significant lifestyle changes. It's going to have to be, you can't continue to eat a donut every time it gets brought into the office. Unless you're and that comes at a trade off, even if you're tracking your macros, that could still, you know, happen. But the regardless is a trade off that happens there with taking the time to track your macros. That's a part time job. Um, and, and that's an element that I run into a lot when people say, you know, I want to lose weight loss, but I don't want to track their food. Okay, that's that's great. It's definitely not a required part of the plan. But something's got to give if we're looking for change. And we've expressed that yes, I want change but you're not willing to change any part of your current habits or lifestyle, then you don't actually want change. You're just saying it. Like you have to say, say that you want the change and be ready to adapt certain areas. Which that leads me to my next question is I think people say they want change and they truly, truly believe it. But I think both of you would find it's when it, when the rubber hits the road, they really don't want to do the work. Like, how do you get people to buy in to their own expectations and concede to the fact that they just do not want to do the work? And how do you bridge that gap for them? Because that's where they get stuck. And that's when people fall off the plan or they'll be like, I'll go home and be like, yeah, I want to train with you guys. And then three weeks later, they ghost you, right? Like how, and I think that's where a lot of people live in that space, like the want versus the work and like what kind of tip or what has been successful that you've seen? I know it's worked for me, but what have you seen to maybe help people figure out the diff, the, the space between those two and how they can close that gap? Cause that's where most people live. Mm-hmm. And I think most people who listen yeah. to this podcast are like, I, I need that because I know what I want and I know that I don't want to do the work. Yeah. I would say, um, I'll add a couple things. So first of all, what I have found and I start, I'm starting to really speak to with a lot of my clients is their self-worth. Um, I find that, um, a lot of people who want change, but they don't, they don't believe deep down that they're really capable or deserve it, it will never happen for them. So I, I'm really starting to try to tell people that you are worth the work, but you have to believe you're worth the work, right? Because if you don't believe it, no matter what I say, no matter what tools I give you, no matter how hard you work at it, you will always fall in line with what you believe you're worth. And so that has to change from a very um, deep perspective in order for anything that I say to actually take shape in your body. Um, So the the self-worth thing is huge. And then the other thing that I would say is I think people have this um, idea, this really skewed idea that like trainers or influencers in the fitness industry have this crazy motivation to, um, to do all the things that we have to do to be healthy. And I love to say it, you know, all the time, like there are so many times when I don't want to eat healthy and so many times when I don't want to work out and so many times when I would rather just sit on my ass and watch TV instead of work on my business or, um, get out and do something that I know is good for me. Um, 
it's it is it is truly a choice despite what you want to do and so we all innately are lazy and and i want everybody to know that like you're not alone in that no matter how crazy you think somebody else is it is purely a choice to um step over that desire to want to do something else um and i think that i hope that helps bridge the gap for some people to know that you're not alone in what you're feeling but it's also very possible for you to choose to not move with that desire and to not fall in line with that um that laziness um and speaking a little bit more to the lazy um kelly you and i were talking a little bit about this um i i listened to a great podcast uh from gary v i think he's super awesome um and he put laziness in a very different perspective for me, which I hopefully will help you guys too. Um, he defined laziness as simply a sign that that is not what you are meant to do. And so what that basically means is that if you're feeling lazy about something, you're probably not super passionate about it, which is okay. Like it's okay to feel lazy and to be lazy because it's just a sign that something needs to shift in how you're doing things or what you're going after. And so if you're trying to go after something and you're feeling lazy about it, potentially you need to shift your focus towards something else or shift your goal or shift the way you're going about something to help you to feel more passionate about what you're doing so that it doesn't feel so hard uh, like you're beating your head against a wall every day to be able to accomplish the goal that you want to accomplish. Which I love that. And it's, it reminds me of like, like if you grow up and your parents are like, you need to go to law school or you need to be a doctor and that's not your passion, but you cave to that, that influence. Like it is a chore to get that degree or to do that or to be fulfilled in that because you're not following your own passion. Right. Um, so I, I love that definition of laziness, right? And it's a distinction between like just knowing there is work that you have to do, right? To whether it's for your job or whatever, and then figuring out how to move your life forward and what that passion is that drives you. I also right. think a way to re-energize that laziness, because sometimes like a laziness spell around a certain topic can it can just be it can create a blind spot and I think one way to address that blind spot other than just being aware that it's a blind spot of yours is being open to learn about that area a lot of times we're like oh diet and exercise just tell me what to do I don't want this is horrible I don't want to be engaged with this just like tell me what I have to do to lose the weight and fine I'll figure it out or like whatever I'll just suck it up versus if you, you know, took some personal interest in how these different foods affected your body and, you know, learning, you know, finding the strength that your own body can create and watching your body transform over time and looking at it from uh, an educational perspective, just learning more about whatever it is that you're trying to avoid so very much, educate yourself on the topic can either stir curiosity within you and keep you more engaged in the process, since we've all kind of agreed that this is longer than you would expect process in almost all regards. Um, and so it's like, okay, if we're going to be here for a long time, we should try to find ways to enjoy the process along the way 
And it goes back to, you know, our podcast that we did last week of what are the things that you're, where's your brain looking? Are you looking at how many times you failed in history when you, you know, had previously attempted weight loss? Or are you looking at your today's victory? Or are you just staring at yourself in the mirror doing your squats and saying, how did I let myself get this far? Well, with that attitude, you're never going to move forward. But if you start in that moment looking for where are the changes happening, you're going to start finding more and more of those changes because you're re-identifying yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just how do you keep do you focus on the wins or do you focus on the losses? That and you have to keep your head pointed mm-hmm. in the right direction because um, people are really, in my opinion, only motivated and motivated by two things: either towards pleasure. So you have mm-hmm. to be rewarding yourself the most you can because you can't put the your the happiness in other people's hands. You can't give your trainer that happiness control mm-hmm. and say that I'm only going to feel proud of myself when my trainer says I should feel proud of myself. You have to also give yourself that kudos because if what if your trainer has a busy week and they don't say you did a good job and now you think you didn't do a good job, so now you're going to sabotage yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to be able to feed yourself first and give yourself that satisfaction and pride of adhering to the plan. And then make sure that the flip side of that coin is make sure when you're not, when you, if you committed to the plan and if you were not following through on it, that that has to be some sort of painful experience if that's what we said we were going to do. And and if it if it's no longer the truth, if, it, if that's not what we're currently after, then we just have to Like, it's fine to course correct. It's fine to set out for a goal and to recognize, okay, I'm not ready for that level of bodybuilder lifestyle flip. I want to go a little bit slower and have it be a little less crazy in my life in the short term. Then that's fine. And that's just a course correction. You just have to have that conversation so that you're aware of, again, what that expectation is and what's the work that I have to put in behind it. People don't like to have to talk about pain and putting themselves through like a mental pain, but I do think it can help of, you know, having that guilty conscience of, I need to make sure that my trainer knows everything that's going on. I have to be very open and very honest, have those vulnerable conversations like, Hey, I stole almonds from my four-year-old niece, which was a conversation I had to have with my trainer the very first time I started my diet. Mm -hmm. And was like, okay, whatever, had some course correction moments there and said, this isn't a game. Like you signed up for this. Um, and I find that to be a, co- a hard conversation as well. Um, and Kelsey, I'll be interested to hear your perspective on this. Um, when you hear excuses after excuses after excuses, when do you say, whoa, 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 you came to me for that? Or does that not happen as frequently as it people might think? Oh no, there's, there's a lot of excuses. And, um, and honestly, um, as years have gone on, as I've been training, um, I've taken it two different ways. Uh, one is that you approach it from the standpoint that, um, I start to understand that they don't really want it. Like they thought they did, but they don't. And that's okay. And I'm, and I'm fine with telling them like, Hey, listen, um, this might not be for you right now, you know, and that's okay. And you need to be okay with that in and of yourself. Everybody hits that 
that rock bottom point at some time where they really decide, okay, I need this to be a priority. Um, and I really do, like you were kind of touching on it with the different levels of priority. And I think you can, I think there's a way to acclimate it into your life. But if you, if you really do, if you're listening to this podcast and you really want to make a change, you have to prioritize yourself. I don't care what you think. Um, it, if you do not prioritize yourself and prioritize your health, nothing else in your life will run correctly. It just won't. I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> and I pretty, I can probably speak for both Kelly and Camille saying that if you don't feel your best, things in your life will suffer, whether you think they will or not. So um, you do need to make yourself a priority. But um, as far as the excuses go, um, I would say there, to some degree, there is a way to maneuver your strategies for your, um, for your workouts, for your nutrition, um, using specific supplementation, finding different ways to um, overcome those or to get around those obstacles. That's a, that's a total possibility. And that's something that you need to work individually with your trainer to figure out. But to some point, there is a, a point in time where you throw out excuse after excuse, and we've tried so many different things to a point where it's like, okay, we need to step back and you need to decide, are you worth it? Like, is this really number one priority for you? And if it's not, we need to set it down because we're both beating our heads against the wall and it's not doing you any good. And so you need to take a step back and potentially revisit um, this particular area of your life when it really is important to you. And that's what, a tough conversation to have. Right. Because at, at that point, um, how do people take that? Like, so if you think about it, like our excuses are our own way to protect ourselves, right? We're, we are, our minds are designed to constantly protect ourselves. Um, even if we're lying to ourselves, right? Um, it just finds ways to justify everything. And so if you, how does that conversation go? Like, do people, like, I'm just curious because a lot of people get there. A lot of people are there. Yep. Right. And yep. then are they, are they like, I'm a failure. Am I, I'm like, how do you, how do you, how do people come back from that? Um, I, I've had a couple different reactions. So when I approach somebody saying like, Hey, um, you know that this is what you need to do and you're not doing it and you know why um, they either come back with um, they either way they come back with, yes, you're right. And, right. and they'll either take the direction of, okay, I'm ready to change. Right. Like I, I recognize where you're telling me I'm at and I, and I want to make the change. And so they continue on that course or they say, you're right. My heart isn't in it. Um, and I need to, reevaluate my priorities at that point. So either way, it's a good, just like people need to be shaken. I need to be shaken to a point where it's like, Oh my gosh, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing with my life and how I'm prioritizing. Um, but I've, I haven't had anybody necessarily, um, take offense to it or not be able to see that that is really where they're at in life. And it, it has everything to do with how you word it, right? right because like, right. 
like you, no matter where you're at and what you're struggling with and the excuses that you have, one, you're not alone. We all have them. And two, that doesn't make you any less of a person. Um, so your value is never attached to um, your choices. Your choices are separate from your value and who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things where, yes, it is a tough conversation, but it, it has to be made. And people either decide that, yes, I am, I am ready to make the change or no, I need to step away. But it's usually, it's usually not a point where um, they don't see it or they take offense to it, if you will. Well, it's probably there. They're probably relieved, I would mm-hmm. imagine, because yeah. and because they they you saw them like where you could see it right and so they don't have to pretend anymore to like the goal that they said that they wanted right and so i think that it's probably partially a relief right and um i think too um one of the things that i think about often is um like i'm a perfectionist by nature which is a horrific thing right it's because it paralyzes me in put going into action because i have in my head i have a plan and it has to go exactly the way that it should go and i think understanding if you're a perfectionist it's not going to go the way that you think that it will go and you will fail and so you have to come to grips with that up front that you are going to have failure and it is okay and um I, I think that that, because there's such a stigma in society on failure and, um, and I just, I just sent my, my favorite Oprah pod, um, little clip it to Kelsey today. Um, and she says it perfectly, like failure is there to wake you up and it's to point you in a different direction, right? Um, whether you have to switch your training course of training, right? Like maybe you're doing CrossFit and you, it's not your passion, it's not your jam, but maybe lifting or hit training or something else or boxing or swimming, right? Like that will speak to your soul. So um, I, I, I find that interesting. Um, I feel like a lot of the times too, there's a value prioritization that wasn't clear. I thought that I wanted to lose the weight to gain confidence, but it turns out that I want actually you know, gaining strength would make me more confident. So therefore Mm -hmm. I'm not as hell bent on trying to lose weight, uh, but getting strong gives me a satisfaction of confidence. And so, you know, I've had clients where the strict diet's just not working. And so we have to talk about, okay, what things do we want or where, where are the problems basically? Like I try to look at it from a risk reward. Like, is it just, we want it because we would feel better if we were 10 pounds lighter or is there a health risk that's there that's putting stress and pressure on our family or you know what what are our values what are the reasons we got into doing this um and not it's it's not finding the why it's what do you value are you valuing convenience over health you know is that the reason for your lifestyle you know grocery buying habits or whatever led you to that place of needing guidance well i think it's just a value disconnect they didn't realize that they had convenience on their higher list of core values higher than they had health or sometimes fitness can be higher than health too. And that's also the flip side of flip side of the coin of when, what are we actually looking for here? Is it health? Well, that's not what we're after, you know, or we're we're using fitness to try to get to health, but there's a disconnect. Same for, you know, like trying to lose weight. Like 
well, what, what would losing the weight do for us? Like what, what value does that fill for us? You know, is it pride? Cause then I could see, you know, that's a slippery slope. If we're not following the plan, then now we are, we've gone back the other way. Now we have less confidence in who we are. Um, but I think you touching on failure and how that's so part of the process, we're not trying to omit failure in our life. We're trying to recognize failures among us and be able to reroute with as minimal time between that. Between when when failure happens, the point when we get back on, turn the ship around, that's all. We're not trying to get rid of those moments where we fall off the boat. We're trying to be able to recognize, all right, we're off the boat. Oh, don't worry. I know exactly where the ladder is. I know how to get back on board and we're good. And I'm, and I, what did I learn from falling off the ship this time? Okay, this is what happened. And looking back at the situation, a lot of times we fall off and we just black it out. Like I definitely didn't just eat an entire bag of Doritos. <laughs> We're just going to hope that doesn't happen again. Well, what circumstance led to that eating an entire bag of Doritos? There clearly, you know, was a series of unfortunate events. Were you, did you choose not to eat breakfast that day? Okay, there's something we can work with. We can work with, you know, strategizing, making sure we're getting food in earlier today. Did we not drink enough water? And that led to excess hunger or are we nutrient deficient? Is that what led to excess hunger? Have we been mentally depriving ourselves that that food is not Okay. I mean, we have a uh, in health, unhealthy psychological association with that food. Then we can look at that and talk about how you know a certain type of food is not the devil, and eating mm-hmm. one bite of something is not going to make you fat or fit. You know, are we creating that blind spot with that food? There's certain things there. It's we're not trying to avoid failure, just like we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to never have a negative thought in our mind again, because we we said it time and time again. We all go, th- we mm-hmm. fall, we all fall. I feel like it happens more now that I'm a trainer than when it did before <laughs> because I'm more aware of it <laughs> because you're telling someone how to live and right. you're not, you know, it's different, but there's also another part that your trainer's goals are different with their health and fitness than likely your goals. So your eating behavior is going to look different as well. So it's hard to compare side to side. Um, what my trainer is eating versus what I'm eating. Well, the goals are different. You know, it looks different. Like, or me as your client versus somebody else as your client. Right. right? Like I can't, I, I will, but I shouldn't compare. Right. right? Comparison robs you blind of all of your current victories and progress. It's a deep joy. It just, you can't, there's two sides to every story. And if you don't know that, go watch some movies. They show you different people's perspectives Mm -hmm. in the world. And it's like, you have to realize that everyone's going through something at this point. Everyone's so, like I said, human nature is so self-sustaining or like very selfish mm-hmm. in nature. Each individual person is thought looking to provide for themselves and their self only by just de- default. Just be aware that that's happening and try to, you know, get back on the ship as much mm-hmm. as you can and, you know, take a personal interest. I think that's the biggest thing that, has been very relevant to me in the conversations within the community that I've been having is, okay, there's clearly some broken systems in the world, but ultimately, how do you fix a system if you can't fix it from the top down? Will you fix it from the bottom up? And to me, that looks like individual choice and choice to seek out the improvement, to seek out the better, um, you know, healthier moving towards that. Just you are worth it and you no one should give a damn more about you or your health than you, even your trainers, even your doctors. 
you have to have a personal stake and interest in improving it and taking ownership of what it takes to make those changes because everyone's selfish and no one else should care more about it than you do. You have to live in it. We don't. You know, um, like thinking of expectations again Mm -hmm. and like just like going back on my own thinking I'm going to lose 40 pounds. Why do you, beyond that, I really had no scope of like what my expectations were. Why do you think, and I think most people live in this space, why do you think most people can't put a finger on what it is that they do want? Like people can tell you what they don't want. They don't want to be overweight. They don't want to, you know, get up early and work out. But it's really hard, I think, for people to put a finger on what they do want. And I think you two, you live in a space where you're like, you help people and you know what works, right? You like, you know it and you're like, just grab onto this and I'm going to, I'm going to take you on this journey, but people just can't get there. Like they don't know what they do want. Right. It's like the saying, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so many different directions. I right? can go with this, but um, I'll try and I'll try and only give a couple of them. So first of all, um, from from a trainer perspective, we do this job for a reason. We were born to do this job. We were born to see things in people and in clients that they can't see in themselves. So that's just innate in us. And don't feel bad if you don't see it. And we do because that's just a gifting that I have. And you have completely, totally different giftings in other fields that I don't have. Um, but that's why you work with other people who can see things in yourself that you cannot see. So I would say that would be one of them. Another one would be, I don't think people give themselves enough credit to dream big enough for themselves and to actually believe that something is possible. So like you, for example, had a hundred pounds to lose, right? But you came to Josh with 40. Right. So how funny is that? Right. Because I bet you in the back of your mind, you were like, I'm not going to say that goal because I don't 100% believe it's possible. Right. Exactly. Whereas, right. Whereas Josh was probably like, Oh yeah, we could lose a hundred pounds for sure. Like this is going to take some work and a lot of time and dedication, but you're capable of it. Right. And, and you can absolutely live a healthy life losing a hundred pounds. So that's the other big thing is you just have to give yourself credit to dream big enough and to believe that Whatever you think, whatever you think is possible, because there are no thoughts that can enter your head that are not possible. That's just how it works. Um, so, so, and that goes both ways, right? Like that's why it's so important. Like when we did our our um, last podcast about thinking positive, is because your negative thoughts are very possible. And right. so, if you don't want those to happen, let's think about the positives of what we do want to happen. Um, so, yeah, just. Just um, from a from a dreaming big perspective is a huge thing too. Um, to be able to say, you know what, that seems out of reach for me, but it's possible, and I can do it, and I'll get there eventually, no matter what it takes. Um, and then um, wait, I but guess real quickly, I'm, real quickly to that end, do you think a dream that big can be done alone? No. Exactly. No, and, and so I think people I, need to hear that. Yep. People need to hear that. Yep. And that's why I said the first thing that I said, um, being that this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what we were born to do. And, um, and even I, as a trainer, 
work with another trainer. Like you just, you have to have at least one person in your corner, um, supporting you and directing you and guiding you. And, and when you come to them and you say, I look like shit and they need to tell you that you need to get your head out of your ass and stop like paying attention to that because people see things in you that you don't see in yourself and they will, you will always view yourself differently than somebody else does. And so we just, we have to have that partner. We have to have that team around us that is willing to uplift us when we don't have the strength to do it ourselves and guide us when we don't know what to do. Um, you know, any, anybody who comes to me, they come to me for a reason because they don't know how to get there. Right. And maybe that's the other reason you just don't have a plan in place because you don't know how to get there. Right. And that's what we're here for is to literally lay out, okay, here are the steps. This is what you need to do to get to where you want to go. And then those goals and those dreams become more clear because you can actually see a pathway to it. Right. So those would be what I'd say, um, as far as the, the realistic expectations go. And I think people, I just want to reemphasize that. Like it doesn't make you weak and it doesn't make you a failure to say, I need someone else. Um, because I will, there's 0%, less than 0% chance. I would be where I am today without my trainers that I have used. And obviously I've built my tribe and my, my like board of directors. Um, so if you're listening to this, and you're like, I just can't do it on my own. Well, it's because you can't. Like, we're, I'm telling you, you can't. And so you need to know that and relinquish yourself to the fact that, okay, I do need help, right? And there are a lot of people out there who will help you. Yeah. Yeah, it's accountability. That's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. It's what I'm finding out more and more. It's not necessarily that I obtained the secret sauce of diet and exercise. It's uh, I'm here to say, Oh, what, what do you want me to help commit you like hold you accountable to in the next seven days? Awesome. Okay. You said you wanted to do this thing. Did you do it? Okay, great. If you didn't, then we have to talk about, did you want something different? Did you just misunderstand what you're looking for? So I do a week to week, like touch point of like, you tell me, what do you want to do? All right, cool. Let's help with that. And you know, it's amazing just having someone there to, keep pointing you in the right direction and nudging you forward because we all get complacent and easy and comfortable. And we just want to stay wherever we're at, but to have someone to be like, no, 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 no. Take another step. Mm-hmm. Come on. You can do it. Like that is the secret sauce is having someone in your corner. Like you said, that believes in you more than you do. Because I remember you know, and, and on the, like on the humorous side of hiring a trainer, the best part about hiring a trainer is you get to blame someone else for how you look. And like when I found, when I heard that statement, it's like, yep, as long as you follow my plans, you blame me for how you look. I was like, hell yeah, sign me up for that. I don't have to take ownership for what's happening with my body anymore. You take the reins, please, because I'm going to put you on blast in six months, whichever way we're headed. All I have to do is follow the plan. Right. That's done. Follow the plan. Right. But if I choose to, you know, not get that far then that again is my responsibility, but it's like, I'm sick of taking ownership for whatever the physique I'm building. So you take it, you see what you can do with it. I clearly <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. And that's the thing too. Like first day I ever sat in a trainer's office was like, if you think that you want to do it a different way, then you go ahead and do it the other way without me. Cause you, you're clearly here for a reason. Like I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm ready to be flexible in my methods, but like, 
you gotta be open and on and open and right. ready to try something, try and then try again. If what the first thing yep. doesn't work, then we're gonna try something different. Um, and I guess yeah. I have a little bit more flexible approach when it comes to that stuff too. Well, I think you need to check your ego at the door, right? Like, yeah. like you can't have a trainer be like, okay, this is the plan you're going to do. And then it, you can't be like, oh, that's not going to work for me because you don't want to do it. Like, no, you have to, yeah. you have to, like, you can't, like you said, you go to a trainer for a reason. And if they're like, no, I know what I'm doing. You clearly don't. Right. <laughs> so do this, just try it. Like, and that's what you have to go into it with. Like, just have an open mind and try it. And going back to the um, dreaming big aspect, I actually did an exercise like this um, as part of my mission and vision statement when I was just in college. And I wrote down characteristics about myself. And that was probably one of the most difficult tasks that I've ever had to do. So I wrote on a whiteboard, I am pretty. Like, I am confident. I am funny and like tried to come up with, I don't know, it was like 20 positive things I had to say about myself and every one I would write it down and be like, Ooh, I kind of felt like a little bit of a lie there. Like it's hard to say good things about yourself. And I think there's something societally that doesn't like encourage you to say good things about right. yourself. Like, I think there's just like an overarching, it's much more culturally appropriate to talk bad about yourself and to kind of go fishing for compliments. Mm -hmm. um in in a circle of people it's super hard to talk nice to yourself Um, it is we're taught to be humble right right and you don't brag on yourself right but there's a dip and you've got to get over the difference between building and being confident and bragging for bragging sake right yep Yep. that's a fine line frankly Bragging is is really an underlying insecurity to begin right. with. So right. if we're at a bragging point, then we haven't hit a confidence stance yet. Right. Which is a great way to look at what are your hot button issues to find. If you don't know what, it, if you don't know, you're so far in the valley, you can't even think about dreaming big and you only can be swirling in those complaints. Look at the things that piss you off. Just start there. Whatever you got the most heated, riled up conversation, go look at what that topic was about. Try to distill it down to like what core value did that inflict on you that that's such a hot button issue. Like what about that made you so passionate? Because the flip side of when you see your passion, you you think something positive. But the flip side of passion is being passionate, being pissed and passionate. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's illuminating as well. If you get mad at one particular person, if they really just drive you up a wall, find out why. It's probably because they do something that you're very insecure about right. as as your own characteristic. It's right. the most revealing to find out, to look deeper into what upsets you or like what is that blind spot. Like just take a look in there and see what what kind of connections you can draw from that. You know, it's interesting. We've I had to do a um, like a training. It was Mandel training. And we had to do like speeches and you had to pick either a passion or a pet peeve. Mm. And when people speak about either one of those topics, they naturally come forward with passion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because if you think about your own pet peeve, like if, you know, like instantly people are like, Oh, like they like instantly their energy jacks and they're like ready to tell you what their pet peeves Mm -hmm. are. And so I think that's very, and it's very reflective on, what you care about exactly otherwise it wouldn't bother you exactly if, if, if you're 110 pounds soaking wet and have been that way your entire life 
and someone calls you fluffy, you don't get offended because you know that you're not fluffy. Or like calling the biggest guy in the room smalls. Like he's like, yeah, like I'm not offended. Like whatever. Sure. My favorite one though is like, what when someone calls you a name? To me, like if, if I got called an asshole, I would be like, ah, maybe they were having a bad day. I just don't really identify with myself as someone as an asshole. They called me a bossy bitch. I would be more, I would have more hurt feelings around that because I would believe it to be true. And that would hurt me more being bossy because that's something that I don't want to be known for because I have some preconceived notion that I'm bossy, which whatever, I come to terms with it. Some call it bossy, (laughs) some call it being a pusher. Whichever side of the seat you want to sit at, like that's fine. But it's very illuminating to, and then once you're aware of what those issues are too, you can still brush it off too. You're like, okay, they still might be having a bad day, but finding out what those hot button triggers are for you is is good. If you learn more about yourself, what you care about. So I think that kind of like then circles it back of finding those hot button triggers helps you identify your expectations, Mm -hmm. right? Because then you know, it's like you learn more about yourself and then learn about where yep. you need to go, right? And so you right. learn like like what your triggers are or whatever. So it helps it helps build that whole the whole plan. Yep, one hundred percent. So I would say this first one is like just I'm trying to boil down like our topic items mm-hmm. and come to like a nice head of like point point of action, right? Because mm-hmm. we it's amazing to have awesome conversations about this, but where you go from here. So with this first one, uh, with social media so present um, and the instant transformation is being highly represented in the social media world, how do you set something realistic for yourself? Water your own damn garden is what I want to say. Um, and, and, and understand everyone has their journey and we only all share the good parts. Right. And the, that just, you have to give someone the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, just because they're being really cocky about their 40 pound weight loss, that doesn't in any way take away from my victories. And you should never have someone else's success feel like it's taking away from your own success. You should wish others like goodwill. And if looking at someone else wearing a crop top makes you upset, then that's something you need to go and look at. Like that's, you got some digging to do there because you should be able to see someone in a crop top and enjoying their day and be able to be like, wow, I'm so happy that person has the confidence and freedom to wear a crop top, even though I'm not there yet. You know what, to expand on that, I Mm -hmm. think one of the things that I have found when I do find myself in comparison Mm -hmm. and I am like, oh, what I end up doing is I will reach out to that person. Mm -hmm. And I might say, like, I might look at Kelsey and be like, oh my God, like look at her muscles, right? And then I'm going to be like, you know what? Like this, it literally works. I will reach out to Kelsey and I will say, you know, who? like I would say, you look amazing. You're, you have had, like, clearly you put in the work and like, you know, bravo. Right. And then inevitably, if I do that to somebody, they come back and they're like, oh my God, thank you. Like, I see you crushing it. Like you're doing amazing. Right. And it like instantly for one, it, it makes them human Mm -hmm. and it cuts down that comparison that I do against them. And then I feel like instantly, because I will say it's like 85, 90% of the time, somebody's going to come back and be like, you look amazing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, they just fed me, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like if you get stuck in that social media comparison game mm-hmm. or whatever, 
the op do the exact opposite of what you want to do <laughs> is you reach out to that person and you tell them mm -hmm. like what like how amazing you think they are and i promise you it will start to diminish that negative self-talk in your head mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i mean and and if it's if it's to a point where if you're at a point in your journey where it really like you're really mentally struggling with it perhaps mm -hmm. that is a time to start unfollowing some of those people true there's that too uh, <laughs> cultivate your head is this right yeah because that's that's okay like it's okay to be at the point where you just need to focus on yourself and maybe that is not motivating to you mm -hmm. whereas um at a different point in your journey it might be very motivating to you and it mm -hmm. might drive you um, it's okay to do that and and or maybe find somebody else to motivate you who is right there with you in your same journey. I think that's important too is finding people who are like you that are where you're at where maybe they're just starting their journey but they're super motivated to make a change and those are the type of people that you want to be around because you can relate to each other. Um, and then have other people in your circle who are where you want to be, but who are also, um, you know them well enough to where you understand their struggles and they're willing to share them with you so that you don't feel like there's this big disconnect. Um, but it's very dangerous to follow um, people who you have no idea who they are and you start to build this um, identity in your head that they're this just super successful amazingly genetically gifted person that you're just never going to be and it just pisses you off all the time every time you see their posts right because you're like not only are they gorgeous but they have you know hundreds of followers and they can post amazing sayings all the time like i just feel like a piece of shit you know stop following them like because right. mm -hmm. <laughs> i guarantee you and we've said it you know time and time again like they are not everything that they post. Like they have struggles too. Like they are, they have their unhappy moments. They have parts of them that they absolutely hate about themselves, even if you love it about them. Um, so yeah, just start unfollowing them and then just start being grateful for what you do have. Like take a look in the mirror instead of looking at all the flaws that you want to change. What do you actually like about yourself? Cause you have to have one or two things. Like mm -hmm. I don't ever let anybody tell me that they don't like anything about themselves because that's BS. You're going to find something mm -hmm. like, I don't care if it's the shape of your eyebrows or if it's your middle toe, your middle big toe, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You have to find something that's good about yourself. If you're ever going to expect to get anywhere with changes. Mm -hmm. So both of you real quickly, actually, that is amazing advice. Yes. That, I, I love that. Um, what do you like about yourself, Kelsey? And what do you like about yourself, Camille? I get complimented by and large on my quads, like by everybody and their brother. And I, I discredit it because of my family's genetics. Like I had my quads from playing sports as in high school. I didn't really train them. And so I brushed that off, but it is by far my most complimented feature. I am very proud of them, but I'm actually more proud of my shoulders which is not the most impressive feature on my body, but it's the one I worked the hardest for. And so I'm actually the most proud of my shoulders. Like when I had a stranger like complimented me on my shoulders and I was like, can I hug you? I'm <sighs> like, I've never thought I would hear those words. Mm -hmm. And so and like on my rear delt specifically and like 
mind blowing. That was like a game changer for me in that moment when I got a compliment on a body part that I never thought I was going to be complimented on. And so that that's the difference there of what the what the public sees the most seems like I don't know, like there's certain compliments like, oh, I love your name. I'm like, great. I'll let my parents know next time I see them. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a lot of ownership to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the ones that I earn the most um, are the ones that actually mm-hmm. sound the sweetest, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But hard to yeah. take compliments by and large. That's everybody. Right? Yeah. Kels? So for me, um, it's kind of ironic that you mentioned the, the things that you get most complimented on because mine is actually very ironic. So I probably get complimented most on my smile. And um, the shape of my face is the thing that I'm most self-conscious about. So it's like a catch-22 mm-hmm. for me when people say that, oh, my God, I love your smile. Like, your face is so cute. And I go, that's the, that's the thing that I want to change the most about myself. So that really, over mm-hmm. time, has um, really changed my perspective about how I look at mm-hmm. myself because what I see is completely different than what everybody else sees. And so I've really tried to change that um, mentality about myself just because, um, again, we don't see what other people see. Um, so I, I, it has started to become something that I like about myself, but that has taken a long, long time to get over, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say um, I really like um, my eyes. I think that I have really pretty eyes just in general. Um, and then um, and on a non-physical perspective, so for those of you listening who are really, really struggling with your appearance, start to look at things that are outside of that. Mm-hmm. So like I love um, my ability to be able to encourage and motivate people. Um, it's definitely a God-given gift of mine that I'm so grateful for. Um, but that is something that has nothing to do with the way that I look. Mm-hmm. And I really love to emphasize things that have nothing to do with the way that you look because your looks are going to change. Um, but the person that you are remains the same. And so that is something that you need to really put your um, – your effort and your identity into is who you are as a person and not how you look. And then it's amazing because looks will follow that. And if you believe that you're a beautiful person, boom, like automatically you're like, Oh man, I'm looking really good today. You know, it's just like, it doesn't have to change that much because you have now placed your identity in something different um, versus the flaws that you saw about yourself. Well, and Kelly, ultimately, what well, ultimately you're breeding confidence, right? Like I always like the, um, the, you know, you, there may be a, a guy who's not like the best looking or whatever. Right. But he like has such charisma and charm. Like you think like he is so adorable, right? Because he's super funny or whatever. And it's, and it's not his looks at all that really draw you to that person. It is his who he is and his spirit and his confidence. And I think that's ultimately what we're talking about is how do you cultivate those things in your physical or non-physical features too, right? Right. Right. And so everyone has a gift. Everyone has yeah. a gift. What's your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part? Well, my neck, <laughs> which is the weirdest body part <laughs> yeah, ever. I know. I my love. neck <laughs> is my favorite body part. <laughs> and it's funny, as you were talking, Kelsey, about the non, kind of the non-physical thing, I think what I um, like about most myself is my ability to string words together. Like I can take thoughts and then put words together 
in, I think, a really creative way. And, and I've been told that over and over again, I have the gift of writing oh, and cool. I can see it. Right. And so I do, I do love that about, because I think my writing helps me to connect or helps connect me with people because I can relate to them on a lot of levels and they can see it in the writing. That's so cool. Yeah. It's fun to see where everyone's gifts lie. And I also love having appreciation for others gifts. Like, Mm -hmm when I was in a BNI group and there was people that nerded out on taxes, I was like, I am so grateful that you care about taxes because I don't. And I'm so glad there's a person that can deal with that for me. Like, thank you. I don't have to dedicate my life to that. I will appreciate that. Uh, appreciating other people's strengths, even if oh, talking's yeah. not your thing, I appreciate that you have the ability to talk to anybody, even a stick on the wall. That's me. I can talk to anybody. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so a, a mind-blowing correlation that just came to me um, for expectations. A lot of people come looking for weight loss and they look at that. That's what they're expecting. What they're not expecting and what I would love to just prescribe is, and what you, what we can see from 10 miles away, you need an attitude adjustment. You need a perspective adjustment. Like this, the weight loss is the tip of the iceberg and I can't hit that point home far enough. The dietary changes and the physical changes are literally just what happens on the surface or what can happen on the surface. The mindset changes and shifts and leaps and bounds of personal growth, of knowing who you are, what you care about, what you're fighting for, that clarity that you gain going through a life transformation of losing weight of any sort um, just striving to, you know, better yourself in any way, losing weight doesn't always have to be that way. Um, whether you're trying to gain weight or whatever, just looking for that improvement, shifting from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset is probably the things that people never say that they're looking for. I want to learn how to be happy with where I'm at. And that is like an overwhelming majority of what training is and what being content on a day-to-day basis is and being able to have that energy to see you through to your goal is get found on a daily basis of like, how do we be okay with where we're at right now? Because if we're always looking for more then when we get to the end, we're going to want more. So how do we find that like peace with ourselves and our, our daily efforts um, because at some point you, you can't just re- reward yourself based on your current status because your current status, it was built by decisions months and months and months ago. You have to, at some point, just grade yourself on your daily efforts moving forward because otherwise you're working with a broken scale. Um, so setting those expectations of we're not setting, we're not giving ourselves an A plus until we have an A plus body. We're giving ourselves an A plus based on A plus efforts and intention and execution that way. Like that's a big mindset shift that has to happen. You need to be aware of where the big goal is headed, but be able to be like content with just today's efforts. Then, I think that's a, a really amazing point um, because I know mindset for myself. I went into it as I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. I had zero clue that it really, the weight is the byproduct of changing your mind. Because really people, it, it, it really is a mindset journey um, instead of a weight loss journey. And it literally is the byproduct. 
And I think the sooner you can come to grips with that, like that just blows my mind that, that it really, all the work is done in your head, like all of it. And it seemed like those physical changes never happened until I was just like, fine, whatever. My body's going to change whenever it goddamn pleases it. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I came to terms with that, it was like, poof, here you go. There's a physique you wanted. Just wasn't going to give it to you until you were happy with where you're at. Like, it just seems like time is so slow when you're just waiting to look better but you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just not better yet. Right. Until you're just like, you know what? I'm doing what I need to be doing to get me moving in the right direction. That is all. And once you're at peace with that, it's like, poof, your body's right. ready to change all of well, a sudden. And it's, and it's like hunkering you down. You notice it right? after a while, yeah. Well, and it's like hunkering down. And I love the saying, the days go slow, but the years go fast. And so time is going to pass you by regardless. So, um, like... Get, I'm going to make a change. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. never too late to change too. Well, if people are still with us, it's an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think expectations of just go into it. Realistically, I would love to tell people this is going to be a two-year change. Mm-hmm. I think minimum six months of like if you don't have more than 40 pounds to lose, you could, you know, make a lot of changes and lifestyle changes within six months. And that is like at bare minimum what I would ever feel comfortable with. And I would say two year, one and a half years is realistically like what mm-hmm. I wish anyone who comes to like looking for, you know, life change. It takes about a year and a half to like be completely on the other side of being like, okay, I'm not fighting an uphill battle every right. single day. Like I, I kind of get it now. Yeah. I kind of get where I'm going. But it's scary to tell people it. that. Right. It hey, is. First day. Okay, really? Oh, you think this is only going to be three months? Mm-mm. No. Pull up a chair. You're going right. to be here for two years. Right. So At think, least a year and a half until you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> so I think people need to go into that yeah. with that appropriate It's mindset. a long-term relationship. Right. There's that, there's that expectation, right? right? There you go. It's a yep. It's We're in it for the long run. Yep. Exactly. They're totally in it for the long run. And I heard, I think it was, oh, I think it was when I listened to that Tony Robbins podcast. Um, and he said um, the difference between a trip and a journey is a trip is planned and a journey is just experienced. Mm. And I was like, wow, yeah. that's really deep. That gave me chills. So this, yeah. So when we talk journey, right? That includes all of the ups, all of the downs, all of the plateaus, all of the bumps in the road, and they're all unexpected. You must, here it is, here's the finisher. You must go in expecting the unexpected. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to because it will happen in a life-changing process like this. And if it's not a journey for you where you're willing to ride the roller coaster of what comes and you're willing to stick through it through thick and thin, then it it's not it's not gonna work. It just won't like right. long term. It you might be able to get a little bit done, but you're not gonna get where you where you really want to go, where it's really fulfilling to you. And enjoy the ride. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Well thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Kelsey and Kelly, for being a part of this again. Um and as always, we are all three of us here to help create community be a partner along this journey, reach out to us, any one of us, it doesn't matter. We're all here to help you in any way that is possible. So find us on social, connect with us there, and I'm sure there'll be more where this came from. Bye. Bye. Thank you.